Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 383. I mean, the staff is, is it when it comes to uh, influencing people and getting them to like them. And when people review like a, a restaurant on Yelp, they're not reviewing the restaurant. They're reviewing the server. They're reviewing that one person they interacted with. And that, that's, that's a, so big. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Who loves doing paperwork? No one. Sorcery is an efficient online AP automated solution for the food service industry and restaurants, large and small, are using Sorcery to provide a scalable solution to help them create efficiencies and ultimately grow their business while impacting their bottom line. To learn more, head to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com. And be sure to mention Restaurant Unstoppable to get your first month free. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Eric Schellenberger. Eric, are you feeling unstoppable today, my man? Of course I am. I, I, always, I haven't always been, but uh, you know, recently over the last couple of years, I absolutely have. You look unstoppable, man. That's that's for sure. And uh, Eric Schellenberger is the founder of Bar Marketing Basics, where he teaches bar and restaurant owners how to improve their online presence and bring in new customers. Today, Eric is here to share five ways to bring in new customers in the doors. And once they're in your bar and restaurant, he's going to teach you how to optimize that relationship. So obviously that's just scraping the surface. I can't wait to learn more about you and your specialized knowledge. But first let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Take it away, Eric. Cool. So my, the thing that I love the most to teach people that I say it all the time is when it comes to your content, your social media, your whatever you put online, whatever you put to try and get customers in the door, the mantra is be the show, not the commercial. Mm. Be the show, not the commercial. Dive into that and what you mean by it. It is basically using uh, um, content marketing instead of advertising. Nobody likes to be advertised to. Nobody likes to be hit over the head with flyers and promotions and all this crap that everybody just glosses over it. Nobody reads it. Nobody cares. I mean, nobody likes to watch commercials when they come on and you're, on your, you're watching TV and a commercial comes on. Do you really pay attention? You get up, you get a drink, you do your thing, you wait until the content comes back on. So, it, you know, as a bar or restaurant, why not be content all mm. the time? If you're the show, people are going to pay attention as opposed to just like, oh, another flyer for football specials. Yeah, great. You too. That's awesome. Nobody gives a shit about flyers. Don't promote. Just do be awesome and open a window into your life and show people what you're doing, how great you are and just entertain. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. Beautiful. I love it. Okay. So, um, I, we're going to dive into these five ways to bring people into your doors and to, uh, market your restaurant. But Let's learn about you more. So how did you get into this industry and what makes you an authority? Why should we be listening to you, Eric? So I, I've been in this business. I was in uh, food and beverage since I was 13 years old. And I worked for my mom in the food and beverage department of a ski resort in Utah that I worked at, that I lived at. And uh, I was a, you know, the, the dishwasher, the busser, the whatever it takes any non-skilled guy to do at 13 years old. I did it. 
And then I work myself up to uh, every job description you could imagine in food and beverage. I did, I was a bartender, I was a server, I was a manager, I was a blah, 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 blah. And then all the way up until director of marketing. Um, I was a director of marketing for Toby Keith's. I love this bar and grill, which had at the time up to, I started with one location, got them up to 13 locations. And by the time I left, I was the, I was the one man marketing department. So I was, I'm a web designer. I'm the graphic designer. I'm the video editor. I'm the content uh, uh, manager. I'm the social media guy. I booked all the talent. I did everything. I was the one guy who did that for 13 locations. Wow. It was pretty intense. And so left there, went to another couple places in, uh, in Old Town Scottsdale, which is the entertainment district. And those companies I worked for, one of them I'm still working for, are dance clubs, nightclubs, that type of thing with a, a really high emphasis on nightlife and, and the entertainment vibe. And which is which is a really really competitive in in my area. Uh, the entertainment district has gotten small to where it's it's on a hundred yards of road, and if you're not on that hundred yards, you're irrelevant over here. <laughs> okay. And so uh, anyway, been been doing this basically my entire life, um, and I've got into when I got into all the uh, the corporate marketing side of it, I always didn't want to rely on a team. Like everyone, every these one of these marketing firms or whatever. Yeah, I have my team. I have my, here's my web guy. Here's my graphic designer guy. Here's all this other stuff. And I don't, uh, people, web designers, I can say this because I am a web designer. Some of the most unreliable people I've ever met. They do not return <laughs> phone calls or emails. They, the minute you need them, they fall off the face of the earth and you cannot get a hold of them to save your life. They're all the same. So I decided, you know what? I'm not going to rely on anybody uh, anymore like that. I'm going to do it myself. Okay. Learned it myself, did it myself and kept going like that. Okay. And what was this? That was about a decade ago. Okay, so so I've been years I've been doing uh, websites and video editing and all that stuff and making my own content since a decade ago. Okay, awesome. So when did you really start focusing on the marketing side of this all? It was probably around that same time because it was like they... And marketing with bars and restaurants is so insane to me because it's not like they, they pick a qualified person and go over their resume and go over how much they know in marketing theory and approach and why. All they do is they take a bartender who wants to do it and they throw them in that position. It's just insane to me. <laughs> it's like just getting a bartender and saying, hey, do you want to be president of the United States? We don't have a guy. So could you just do it? Well, uh, and that's how most of them roll. That, that joke is hitting a little too close to home right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, I guess when did you start teaching all this? When, when did you start thinking, okay, like I know stuff. I know what I'm talking about. I'm really good at this. Uh, I need to share what I know with other people. You know, that that's a, a, an awesome point is... All the marketing guys that I talk to, nobody really does their own research. Nobody does their own you know, data collection. And nobody asks the public. And this has gone on for so much. Every time I sit down with... See, I'm on both sides of the table as far as I'm a, I'm a marketing consultant that I pitch prospective clients. I'm also an employee and have been an employee in the past that I got pitched okay. by these guys. So I know what they're saying. And they're, they're giving me these these uh, why you need social media and why you need us, why you need our services as this canned, just complete horseshit response that they, they you could tell they've said it a hundred times. Give me they, some of that canned need... bullshit stuff that we need to look out for. When you, Wait, so I'm, I'm curious. It's all these, <laughs> it, it's all these, this, the same model. They're always like, you know, they always say like, oh, well, I mean, the hashtag thing is huge these days and you just really need the hashtags are just monumental to your business and you need to work these things perfectly or it's a win or lose situation. I'm like, you guys, how often have as a customer, 
searched a hashtag and found your place and walked in your door because you did a hashtag correctly. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I, I've pulled the audience and done my own research. I'll get to that in a second. But it's just these canned responses of they were just told to say how important a hashtag is. So they may make it sound like all this voodoo of it, it's, going, you know, it's total Greek, but we figured it out. We'll do it correctly. And yeah. it's just not true. So when you approach restaurants looking for their business, how do you, I guess, prove yourself to your potential clients? What, what approach do you take? Well, that's, see, I do my own research okay. and I poll the audience and yeah. I actually ask the public and I've done this for five years and I've compiled information based off of real people who fill out real forms to contact us who are actual customers who live in this area or live in whatever area I'm pulling. And I'll ask them, what brings you in the door? How often do you respond to social media? What's the first go-to app on your phone when you're looking for a new place to eat or drink? These questions that everybody's just assuming, and they're always just going off of theory. They're all going off, well, we've always used, I guess, Facebook, so let's just keep using it, I suppose. I don't know. So yeah. that's, how the, that's how the general uh, thought process goes in this industry. So I decided, I did my own research, and I found out that traditional, you know, the things that traditional marketing firms will tell you just aren't true. And they're, out, they're either outdated or they're slanted in their direction to make themselves seem more valuable. Mm. Where they're, they're talking about these little, like I said, the hashtag thing. They're talking about a sliver of a sliver of a sliver of what brings people in the door. I go after the big picture. I go after influencing word of mouth, influencing online reviews, Google ratings, all that stuff that actually huge uh, um, segments of the people are finding you through. Awesome. So what do you want to talk to us about today? What are you here to, to share with us today? So kind of that exact same thing. Um, what, what brings people in the door? Now, uh, I got to preface this but by saying that this is what brings in new people. Okay. We're not talking about repeats. We're not talking about returns. We're not talking about people that have ever heard of you before. So everyone out there listening, if you're in a tourist economy or if you want to bring people, if you're in the middle of a city like I am, but you want to bring people from around that city who've never heard of you, this is how to do it. And the traditional, like I said, the traditional marketing guys will tell you that, that, oh, social media, man, that's where it's at. You've got to spend 500 bucks with us a month and we're going to create this amazing social media marketing, blah, blah. But I, I ask people to think of it like this and it's so, it sounds so obvious, but nobody thinks of it along these lines is if your core, if your, your demographic that you're trying to target, if they don't follow you on social media, how are they going to see your shit? Mm-hmm. How are they going to see your posts that you do when you spend all this money on these marketing guys to come up with this content that goes unseen? And you know the drill. If you have 2,000 followers on Facebook, maybe 20 of them are going to yep. see your, your posts. Yep. And one of those 20, 1% are going to walk in the door, meaning zero. You know, so it's insane that the small yeah. you know, sliver of people that, that actually walk in the door because of that. Okay. So you're here to share with us the five ways to get new customers in the door. And do you want to start with word of mouth? Yep. So word of mouth is obviously the yeah. holy grail. Yep. And that, that's something that, that guys like me really don't have a lot of influence on. And word of mouth is up to the staff. I mean, the staff is, is it when it comes to uh, influencing people and getting them to like them. And when people review like a, a restaurant on Yelp, they're not reviewing the restaurant, they're reviewing the server. They're reviewing that one person they interacted with. And that, that's, that's a, so big. So I've been actually doing um, talks to the staff of my clients and trying to change mindsets and trying to change their mind from, God, I hate this place. I'm just doing this for a temporary gig until I get my shit together or until I get a real job and blah, blah. 
and they don't take it seriously because they're like, this is a stepping stone job. What do I care? Mm-hmm. But when what I try to teach them is to, when you start changing your mindset of you're going to use the training you got at this place on your career. You get a, your, your mindset change isn't about how do I get a meatball sandwich out quicker to a guy. It's about getting your entire mental shit together and performing on a bigger, better level because there's more involved. Yeah. And, uh, um, so wait, the, when, when you're talking about changing mindset, are you talking about you going into these restaurants and you're changing the mindset of the server? Is that who you're targeting the mindset change or of the owners? Kind of both, but um, really the server because the, 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 the owners are the same. They're like, dude, I've told them that a hundred times. They just don't get it. But my response to that is, yeah, you've told them. It's like your mom telling you a hundred times, don't be late, don't be late. And then, of course, or my, my great uh, uh, analogy is I could tell my girlfriend, hey, you, you should come to the gym with me. I'll show you some great moves. You'll really like it. And she goes there and she hates me because I'm an asshole drill instructor. <laughs> but my, my buddy who's a personal trainer could say the exactly the same things at exactly the same time and bring her in there. And she thinks he's the, the, you know, the next you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it works perfectly. So I'm a third party telling the staff this. That's why it's, it's effective. Okay. So you're an authority. They take what you say more seriously. Yep. Yep. Okay. And, I, and I appeal to their wallet. I don't tell them you need to, you need to work harder because the, the company needs the money and the owner really wants you to do this. Now, my approach is I want you guys to double your tips. I'm here to make you guys money. I'm here to make you guys tips double. Here's how to do it. And when I'm appealing to their wallet and when the staff really wants, the staff doesn't care. When I walk in, they're like, oh God, this again, one of these. And so the minute I say, look, I, I'm, I'm making you guys more money. Here's how to I said, get your, get your number in mind. How much do you make on a Friday? Keep that number in mind. Good. I'm going to be back in 90 days. That number better have doubled. And when I teach them mindset shift, the goal is to get their tips to double through simple stuff. And this is just like, you know, remembering the, in my three things, remember the name, remember the drink, remember the conversation. Those are the three keys. If they remember those, commit them to memory. Next time that guy comes in, Hey, John, right? How's it going? Jack and Coke again? Hey, uh, last time you were here, I, I remember we were talking about your mom is in the hospital. How's she doing? When they hear that, they're like, holy shit, this person was really paying attention. They really do care. Mm. Now that person is a regular and their tips just went up. Yeah. You know what? The other thing, too, is we don't have to memorize this stuff anymore either. I mean, there's tools out there to make it easier. I mean, if you're not using a CRM, I don't know. Like that, it's it's what you said right there. Just memorizing, making people feel special by tracking this 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 information. Like we don't have to be geniuses to do it. Like there are tools and systems and processes we can implement in our restaurant to collect this data and to use it to build stronger relationships with our guests. Um, I mean, that's a topic for another day. So, okay. So it starts with mindset change and you, and you really focus on the mindset, changing the mindset of the staff getting them to know that it's up to them if they want to make more money and you give them some tricks. One of the tricks is name, drink and conversation. If you can remember those three things, your tips will go up. What else do you, do you teach them? It's, uh, and I'll get to this in a second, but one of my big also, um, kind of mantras I like to say is, uh, how you do one thing is how you do all things. And that's one of the huge lessons that I learned. When I learned this, my mindset shifted. And it's not how, you know, are you nice to a customer? It's how you do all things. So what, what I teach is that when you guys shift your mindset, this is going to change your life. It's going to change everything you do. It's going to change your relationships with your kids, with your husband or wife, with your parents, with customers, 
all that with your coworkers, with the owner, all that stuff changes. When people level up and start thinking on a, on a, on a different level, here's the ironic part. I teach them to be self-serving and I teach them that, that everything you do, ask yourself, how does it serve me? How do I benefit from it? It sounds selfish. It is, but it's selfish in a way of helping others serves you. Mm-hmm. So the minute they learn, I got to get, get my back and my employees. I got to have these guys back. I got to help them out. I got to help out whoever I can because they're going to help me. Yeah. So everything you do like that comes back to you. Yeah. And it's not instantaneous. I feel like people, we, we want instant results. And I feel like that approach of help serving other people is probably the... It's, it, I mean, you'll see when you serve others, like there'll be an instant change in how they see you. But how that really comes around in the long run to serve you might take years, who knows, months, weeks. But yes, what you're saying, it will come around to serve you. The best way to serve yourself is by serving others. Don't look for that to be yep. an instant gratification, though. It takes time. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Um, anything else regarding mindset change and the, the tricks that you, you use to improve word of mouth marketing? That is the gist of it. It's a pretty in-depth thing. The whole thing, well, I mean, it's about a 40-minute talk that I do for the staff, but that's what it's about is if you can get their overall, the big picture to shift and they start thinking about business and relationships differently, it's going to improve their entire life. They get it. And if they pay attention, they take it to heart, it's going to work. Awesome. Uh, So what's the the next step in word of mouth marketing and things we can do to increase that? that one way of getting new customers? Um, the, the, that's, I mean, the word of mouth part. Yeah. Like I said, there's only so much me as a marketing guy can do. Yeah. And aside from, from changing attitudes and changing mindsets, I'm relatively powerless mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm a guy who sits at a computer. I'm a third party that sits there and, and does other things unrelated. So yeah. a lot of these times I've got to shift the mindset of the owner mm-hmm. because the owner is so frustrated with the staff that's just like, man, I've told them this and I've told them this over and they just don't get it. But a lot of times it's the owner's approach. Yeah. And that's and kind of what I was thinking when you were talking about that. I, I would focus on changing the mindset of the owner because if you can change the mindset of the owner and get the owner to a place where they can start changing the mindset of everyone else around them. But it starts at the top. I mean, you have to you have to convince the leader. You have to convince that person at the top, because once you leave if that, if you haven't changed the mindset of the owner, then it's just going to revert back sure. to the way it was before. So, um, and you know, I'm going to try to, I'm, I, so this is this interview, this episode is going to be a webinar on Monday, the 9th. Um, so 8am Pacific time, 11am Eastern time. I'm going to try not to go too deep. I have a really bad habit of pulling a lot of layers back and trying to dig for more information. Um, that will be Monday, the 9th at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. If you want to join us, just head to the show notes. This is episode 383. So go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 383. Join us live for that webinar a week from today. Um, all right. Sorry. I meant, I meant to mention that before we started rolling in. What's the next way we can increase that new customer flow? Okay. So the next thing, um, oh, going back to, if you want to talk statistics, two thirds is word of mouth. So we'll get that out of the way. Okay. Out of those, out of the other third that's left, uh, online reviews is the number one. It's 22%. And this is a course, this is my, my uh, uh, research, my data put together over five years after pulling the audience for that long and whatever. So that's where I'm getting my numbers from. Okay. So um, 
out of that, that 22% is all Google, TripAdvisor, Facebook, and Yelp. Those are the four platforms that everybody will review your, your restaurant on, whether you like it or not, they're going to do it. And the first thing that every single restaurant owner says is, I hate Yelp. I hate it. I don't want nothing to do with it. But that's, that's the wrong attitude. Yelp is going nowhere. Yeah. And you have to embrace Yelp and you have to make it work for you, for you instead of against you. And there's, there's not a lot of people who, who choose to do that. And the, the simple thing is, the, the, the blaring obvious thing to me is respond to your reviews. Very few people do that. Mm. So responding Positive to the and reviews, negative, right? Po- absolutely. Positive and negative every single review, every single time, within a timely manner, within 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever. But the reason why, why it, I mean, kind of, kind of obvious, but um, what, uh, what I like to get across is that when you're responding to a review, you're letting the public know you're not responding to that one guy. You're responding to the public. You're responding to everybody reading those reviews. Mm-hmm. So I want to make it make the, the public know that hey, we're we're uh, we're present. We're watching these. We're reading these. We're taking them to heart. We're making changes based on the bad ones. We're thanking our fans. We're interacting. We're being there. Same thing is not responding to Facebook questions. Everybody thinks someone asks a question on Facebook about a menu and no one responds, and the, and the owner goes nuts. And it's a, a big meltdown and everybody's in trouble. But if someone doesn't ever respond to a single on a review, no one cares, which is completely the opposite of how it should go. Yeah. And the way the word I love to use time and time again is impact. Our, our responsibility, if you want to be successful in this industry, is to make an impact on people, to, to, to not just have a transactional relationship where we do what's expected from like what what we when we do what they expect from us but to go beyond what's expected and to really make an impact and it's the people who are willing to do that little bit of extra that's unexpected it's when you do the unexpected like write a three to four sentence response to how happy they were coming in just to show your gratitude like they're going to remember that you took the time to share how grateful you are for their them sharing their great experience and like it, it just you can never underestimate just how how powerful just gratitude and making an impact with one person i mean there's a, the ripple effect right oh absolutely and yeah that's i'm glad you brought that up because i've i another thing i leave my email address and my cell phone on the signature line in every response out of the places i've worked for in the past so, so past employees current employers everybody put together my phone numbers out there are in thousands probably tens of thousands of reviews and everybody is so scared to do that because they're like oh my god i'm gonna get blown up people are gonna just call me every day nonstop. And I work at a bunch of nightclubs where they're honestly hard to get a hold of. And my, I get maybe one phone call a week, maybe one every two weeks. And the phone calls are one of two things. It's your VIP host won't answer the phone. I really want to book a table. I want to spend thousands of dollars with you guys and I can't get a response. I'll take that. I'll field that. I'll give it to the VIP host. For some reason, the most high dollar, high ticket item in our entire industry is the least responsive. It's not us. It's the whole industry is like that. It's mm-hmm. insane. The other phone call I get is, hey, I was just about to leave a, two, a one-star review and I saw your number, so I figured I'd call you first. Oh, so awesome. it's actually keeping those negative reviews off of Yelp, Yep. which I don't have to go into the value of that. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of tools too that can help you keep negative reviews from coming up by providing an outlet, uh, a, an opportunity for people to vent before they ever reach that online place. Do, do you know any of the, the tools that are out there you want to share with us or... Yeah, yeah. There's actually a lot of them, and uh, there's a lot from um, Yex does it, Review Push does it, Review Trackers, um, Review Inc. 
um, Reputation Loop. All these guys have that system. Yep. But in my exp- uh, Zen Reach has it as yeah. well. I know. Um, I've heard of. Um, I know Hum was doing really cool things with tablets where you could actually, you know, you the 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 tablet is the check. So when you bring the check and, and that's the tablet, basically you can actually do the transaction through the tablet or you can leave cash. But on the actual tablet, there's a a, a, a survey. So you're collecting data before they leave, and there's a, a, a question like, "How was your experience?" Where people you're giving them that that opportunity to vent, and then if there is a bad review, then you get pinged before they ever leave house. So you can resolve, you can write the end of the story before they ever go. Um, so I know I don't know if, if they're still. This was a couple of years ago. I don't know if they're still around, but uh, another one I know of is uh, Ask the Manager. Have you heard of that platform? I've heard of it. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I've heard the name come yeah, up. Yeah, they're just ways to get people to start talking before they leave, before they get to the online opportunity to blow you up. So a lot of times you can resolve those issues in-house before they ever get bad. But like you said, or you can just leave your phone number in the review so people feel like they can reach out to you and vent to you before they blow you up online. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk to regarding uh, online review process or things we can do to improve the online review? process? Yeah. yeah. The online review response also is, and the reason why I'm successful as a third party versus just having the owners do it themselves is because everybody's really passionate about their, their business. They always take things really personal. If somebody gives them a bad Yelp review, ch- I mean, we all know the drill. The chances of that negative Yelp review being 100% accurate is pretty slim. So everybody, that's why they're just like, oh, screw this. I hate yeah. Yelp. I'm not, I'm not, screw these guys. Mm-hmm. But the minute you take the, the, the emotion out of it. And I can respond emotionless. I can respond correctly, politically correct. I can apologize in a, in a, in a way that's going to not only get that guy back in, but the public perception is these guys aren't reactional hothead assholes. They actually do care about their business and they really do. They are concerned when something negative go, happens. So I can attack that from, from that point of view and I don't get hated obviously. But, um, yeah, the, the review response is actually kind of a science. And it's some of the, one of those things. That, and more importantly, what, what people always get wrong is they'll respond to the negatives and they ignore the positives. Mm. So basically, you don't get any love from them unless you hate them. And, you know, the, and they're, they're not thanking their fans. And people that are writing these two-paragraph things about how good they are, no response, no, no recognition, no love. So they're like, well, I guess that, that they didn't notice that, whatever. Yeah. So, so far, what I have from you is respond to both the positive and negative reviews, uh, take the emotions out of it. And, uh, there's also tons of resources out there that can help you become alerted or even prevent people from ever get, even getting to that online platform where they can blow you up. And one thing you can do is just throw your, your phone number in there. That might be the, the opportunity to cut them off before they leave a bad review. Anything else you want to mention before you move on to the next bullet? Um, flagging reviews. So nobody really thinks to flag reviews, but you can flag them on every platform. And if I've, I've recently heard this being a bad idea to flag every single one, which I have done in the past, but recently I've heard that's not such a good idea because if you're crying wolf, they'll... What do you mean by flagging out. reviews? If there's like a negative review, say you're on Yelp, for example, you can hit the flag button and flag it as inappropriate. And here's the interesting thing with Yelp. There's one category that says this information is false, which is... 99% of them. And when you click, this information is false. It'll come back up and say, hey, Yelp does not take a stance between true and false. We don't make a judgment call. So whatever information is out there that they're going to post, we're going to let them post it. Whether it's false or not, Yelp is publicly saying that's okay, which sucks for us. But 
it's whatever it's it's all opinion so yeah. the other other ones that they will take a look at it and potentially remove it is you know lewdness or hate speech or something like that that's offensive of course um if it was an ex-employee that used to work there and they have an agenda or if it's a competitor or if it's something like that violates terms and conditions of yelp stuff like this you can report it. Chances are, if that's true, it's going to get removed. Yeah. What about uh, using different dashboards where you can monitor and respond to these reviews on all platforms in one spot? Is there anything that you're using you know of that you can share with us? Yeah. I, right now, I use Review Push, but it is here's the thing you can respond through that dashboard. So it'll aggregate all your reviews, which is awesome because you don't have to go out there and check every platform every day to make sure you're on top of them. It'll pull them all in. But only on Facebook and Google, you can actually respond through that dashboard and have it post. Yelp, it just shows you there was a Yelp. You got to go log in your own Yelp account independently because Yelp doesn't have an open API like that. Okay. So it's convenient, but it's not a perfect solution. Have you heard of ReviewMiner? No. I interviewed Matt Heyman from Review Miner, episode 361. Check that out. And uh, if you're listening to this, check that out as well. He really goes into detail uh, with different things you can do to really get control of your online reviews. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And if you want an introduction, let me know, Eric, because I think you and Matt would get along greatly. You guys probably collaborate and uh, share some knowledge together. Uh, Yeah, by all means. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to finish up these other bullets. Nobody likes doing paperwork. If you have a growing group of restaurants and find yourself wishing you could snap your fingers and have all of your invoices and AP instantly disappear from your plate, then you need to call Sorcery. Sorcery is used to make owning and operating a restaurant a breeze. Instead of dreading invoices, you'll be delighted to be synced with every vendor. With your new relationships, you can work on negotiating the best price to improve your margins. And Sorcery's biggest superpower is that they watch the prices you pay across the kitchen, from dry goods to proteins to produce. And when citrus skyrockets, you'll know to update your recipes before you end up kicking yourself at the end of the quarter. To learn more, head over to www.getsorcery.com or find the banner in the show notes. If you mention Restaurant Unstoppable at checkout, you'll get your first month free. Yep. We're back. And uh, so far, we've covered word of mouth, uh, the power of word of mouth to get new people in your restaurants and online reviews. Uh, the next thing you want to share with us is uh, search engines. And just guys, as a reminder, we're going to go deep in these subjects during the webinar again, which is on Monday, the 9th at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. All right. Talk to us about the next one, which is search engines and the power of search engines to get those new customers. Okay. So um, this is, a, again, this is for tourist economies. This is for people looking for a new place to go. Um, you know, the, the, the search you want to come up on, obviously, is just the, the word restaurants. The word restaurants near me is unnecessary anymore because it kind of assumes you mean near me. So any, any search you do with the GPS on, it's going to be a near me. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're searching for something like dog-friendly patios or something about um, outdoor patio restaurant or uh, a brewery or, any, or, or a pub or a tavern, any of these other words that mean bar or restaurant, you want to rank high for all that stuff. You want to be on the map. You want to be on that Google knowledge panel, which is you know, the information to the right, which has got your pictures, your name, your contact information, all that stuff. You want to be up on that whole thing, or at least on the map section that shows up first. 
If you're not on that map, you're kind of irrelevant. Nobody's going to go down to the organic search results and go two pages deep. It's just never going to happen. So if you're not in the first one, you don't exist. My job as part of what I do is getting my clients on that first page, getting them on that map, getting them relevant, getting all their information correct and, uh, and getting them visual, basically. So if you're, and this is a thing, is that guys tend, in, in a tourist economy, guys tend to lean Google. Girls tend to lean Yelp. So it's totally true with me. When we go to a new place, I break out my phone and I go to Google. My girlfriend goes to Yelp every single time. And I don't know why it is that the different genders like the different things, but they do. So the girls are usually the ones making the decisions around here. So that's why <laughs> Yelp is a little bit more valuable than this. But uh, Google has, you know, is, it's about 10% of what brings people in the door. Yeah. And if you think about that 10% being part of the one third that isn't word of mouth, it's a huge portion, oh, yeah. you know, piece of the pie. And it's really uh, a lot of these things, even with like online, like the things you can do to improve your search engine results, it's like a one and done. Maybe you come back to it every few months, but like you, there's very few things you can do to make a huge difference in how you rank. Is that safe to say? I feel like, well, actually the, the, the thing with search engine results these days is it's a constant. You have really? to be on it all the time. You could, uh, the, and here's the thing. I do a lot of this for clients. And the first question they ask is, okay, well, why do I have to pay you per month? Can I pay you once? And you add me to all these directories and you add all these backlinks and you get me up there and then I'm done, right? But if, the, if you don't sync all this stuff, if you don't actually have a service that syncs it, that locks it in, that locks your information in for being accurate and being there, it's, you're going to spike and you're going to drop right back off. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, that's one of, the, one of the myths about search engine optimization. It's something that has to go monthly yeah. all the time. And the algorithms are changing all the time. There's new things. Like I know Google right now, like what they're doing with, uh, was it, what, what, what exactly is it called when you show up on the right side of the screen with like, you know, you register your, your business and now your, your menu's there, your website's there, you can call. Uh, they're saying, let me know if you agree with this statement. They're saying that in the future, it might be less and less important to have a website because Google's going to be so much of your information is going to be right there if you register your business. Is that a, a fair yeah. statement? A hundred percent. I just did a, a blog post on that yesterday. Really? And yeah, it's called the knowledge panel or the knowledge card, knowledge graph, all the stuff they call it. Send me that, that right link to it in the show thing. notes. What's that? Send that to me. I'll make sure the link to it in the show notes. Right, right. And uh, so yeah, that's, that's hugely important. And the statistic is by 2020, websites are going to be totally obsolete because all the information you need is already in Google. They've got everything you need right there. And it's true. They've got their star rating. There's your photos. Here's your contact information. Here's a map. Here's every single thing you're going to possibly need. The only thing you, the website really is going to provide is branding. Branding for your story, to share your story and to talk yeah. about what makes you unique, your unique selling. Yeah. I feel like you could get away without having one, but you would be doing yourself a disjustice by not being able to share that story by creating a place to really resonate with your guests. Um, so anything Those else things are, are created by Google automatically. Yeah. But the thing is that nobody really optimizes them. And that's my job. Number one is optimize that. I don't really do traditional search engine optimization to point to a website because I don't really do. I mean, yeah, I'm a web designer, but I don't do internal code that much. Mm-hmm. I can, but my main focus is optimizing that Google page and that, that knowledge graph. That's what I optimize. Okay, cool. Uh, so anything else you want to talk about in re- in regards to search engines before we move on to the next bullet, I'm trying to re- reframe from pulling back too many layers because we will be hosting a webinar. I'm, uh, this is new for me, the webinar. So 
Uh, I, I have a bunch of questions. I'm not asking them. So make sure you, you hang out with us in a week from today to, to, to dive deeper into this stuff. So do you want to move to the next bullet or you, you well, one more thing with yeah. search engines is this is another myth, another misconception of that. It's instant gratification. And then it's like you, you hire an SEO guy and a week later, there you are at the top. It's just not like that. Aside from buying AdWords or any of these paid services. Yeah, that can do that. But if you don't want to do paid targeted ads and you want to do traditional organic SEO, it is a long-term play. It's something that doesn't even, you don't even see the effect until 90 days. And it's something you're going to see a slow rise in search results over months or years. It is a very long-term thing. And a lot of people, if they don't get it or they say it doesn't work, it's because they never, it's like going to the gym for a week. Well, I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger after a week in the gym. This doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. That's your second Arnold Schwarzenegger reference in this episode. <laughs> it is, yeah. You good, gotta... good catch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So moving on to the next bullet, social media. Uh, dive into that for getting new customers. So this is kind of like I mentioned up front, is that social media, as far as new customers, does not have anywhere near the impact that probably every other marketing guy is going to tell you it does because they want to you know, hire you, they want you to hire them to do their social media. And they're going to talk up how important yeah. it is and what a life-changing, you know, uh, make or break deal it is. But with new customers, if they don't follow you, they're never going to see your messages. It's going to fall on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. And the the, the, un, the unfortunate statistic is that with with Instagram, when Facebook went public, however many years ago it was, then all of a sudden your 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 reach got censored down from potentially 100% of your followers seeing your post, you know, to 50, to 30, to 10. Now it's down to about, one percent at the bottom, and depending on how much, and you know the, the posts we could talk about. That's a completely different episode. But the posts are all self perpetuating. The more people that like them and comment, the more that 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 net gets opened up. Now it's open for more people to like and comment. Then if they do, it gets opened up again, and so on and so on. So if you just get one like or two likes or whatever, that 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 reach is never going to open up. It's going to stay narrow. It's going to stay one percent, three percent of your following. So do the math. The average restaurants say they have 2,000 people, uh, 2,000 followers. They're, you know, they're 20% or 20 people are seeing your post. Out of those 20 pe- people, you take the, apply the 1% rule of people who are going to walk in the door. The 1% of people being advertised to or being promoted to are going to walk in the door because of that promotion. That's less than one p- person. And that's from what, what number were we starting with? The total amount of likes, page likes or followers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like page likes or Instagram followers or whatever being at 2,000, which is a, a good broad average of restaurants. Yep. And, and it comes down to really zero people are walking in the door yeah. because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, f- I feel like the social media thing gets a little bit more impactful when you start doing targeted ads and uh, using Facebook to uh, do surveys like right in Facebook and uh, get people to sign up for things like you want to talk to that at all. I'm not, this isn't my area of expertise. I won't pretend to sound like I know everything. Cause I don't. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this goes back to my first mantra yep. of be the show dot the commercial. Yep. You know, the minute you're average, you can watch your own metrics and nobody really watches their Facebook insights like people like I do. And you can watch those insights. If you put a flyer out there, and I don't know if anybody knows this, but Facebook knows if you post a flyer or a, or a photo, their algorithm crawls that picture and it can say, yes, this is a flyer. It's got words on it versus this is a photograph of a cheeseburger. It knows. Okay. So the minute it realizes this is a flyer, it knows you have an agenda. The minute you have an agenda, it's going to put you in this the bucket over here that says, I'm going to open this up to 10 people. Okay. 
The minute you provide decent content, like a picture of a cheeseburger that looks really appetizing, or a video. it puts you in the other bucket of I'm going to open this up to 200 people mm-hmm. and let it go from there. Which, which type of content is Facebook pushing the hardest? Anything that is um, in our line of work, the ones that get the most exposure are kind of, you think about it, it's like, oh, duh, right? Is the attractive female staff mm-hmm. pictures, you know, the selfies with the, with the logo shirt on. And a lot of places make them do those. Some of them do them on their own, but those are always going to be way up there. If you have an attractive girl, that kind of trumps everything. Yeah. What about me? What if, what if you put a picture of me on, on your, how that work? You know what? I'd love to say that. I think guys careful. in general are at a huge disadvantage when it comes to social media reach. Right. Uh, okay. So one more bullet, uh, which you've dubbed everything else. What, what falls into that everything else? Unless, sorry, am I cutting you short? Did I do it again? Anything else you want to add to the social media bullet? Yeah. We, I mean, the only, the only thing I need to add to is, is the, the percentage. And it's about the social media is about 4% of people walking in the door. And if someone's adding these up, these are going to equal more than 100%, but it depends on the poll. So um, yeah, so 4% just, is what people find you through social media. So up to this point, we have uh, 4% with the social media. The search engine was 10%? Ish, yeah. And the uh, online reviews were... 22. 22%. And then two-thirds or 33%. 66. 60, oh, sorry. Is, that's right. 66 is, uh, Yeah, is word of mouth. Wow. Oh, cool. All right. And I love so how the, you're the, giving us everything else part. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I love that you're giving, you've done your own research and I mean, this is, you aren't just pulling this data from a, a re, like an article you read, like you've done the, this, these results are from the own research you've done. Correct. Is that, is that what I heard? Oh yeah, that's right. And that's, that's this cool. is over the course of five years. And I, you know, I did do that before I did just like do my research and find someone else's poll and quote it. Then I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. And there was a couple polls that sounded so wrong to me. That's why I started doing this. And it turns out they weren't accurate. And, but, or they were, they were accurate in my case. They may have been accurate in the, the audience that they polled, which may or may, for example, one of them said it was like this huge percentage of the pie was um, celebrity-owned restaurants, which is great if you live in New York City. But if you don't live in a major city, if you're just you know, cent- middle of, of America somewhere or you're in a small town, that is going to obviously uh, uh, have 0% to do with it. Yep. So I took all those, we, oh, it was like um, professional food bloggers, which, okay, they have their place, but in, in the big picture of America, they don't factor in. Mm-hmm. All this stuff factors into every single market. Got you. Awesome. Okay. So moving on to that last bullet, everything else, what falls underneath that category, which takes up, you said, uh, I'm assuming... A couple of percent, like, like one to two percent. Okay. Sometimes it's, it's maybe less. And what, what kind of things and, fall under that category? So this is like going back to the traditional marketing firms. I, I don't mean to keep bashing them, but it's just the people who don't do their research. A lot of them are great, but the ones who don't have their own statistics and their own numbers and are just regurgitating things they've read online, those guys will try and tell you, oh, this, this new app we came up with, or this new app we're supporting, or this new platform that has this piece of code that goes into your website and it pulls people in and blah, blah, and all these things that are just slivers. They're like a percentage of a percentage and you're talking that'll bring one or two people in the door a year, yet it'll cost you $300 a month. They're just insanely ineffective things, but they sound really good when they're pitching a client. They confuse the client so well that the client's just like, man, I don't know what you're talking about, but that sounds impressive. So yeah, yeah. let's try it. Yeah. And, and these days, one people to 2% don't... of the results come from those everything else? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's just it's just those weird uh, apps. And these days, the client, the the public doesn't download apps. It could be the best app in the universe and give you a million dollars tomorrow, and people are not going to download it. It's insane. Yeah, I you know what I like you. I mean, first, is there anything else you want to add before I, I you know polish your ego? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll be talking on the on the five on the five yeah, bullet points or moving else. on. Yeah. Uh, on the everything else, that's about. I mean, that's that's a bit main pictures. All these weird things you've, that you've never heard of before. Yeah. There's a reason why you haven't heard of them. Okay, does that kind of fall into uh, like new social platforms? Like with like when like new social platforms are emerging? Well, kind of. But uh, you, and here's I'm glad you brought that up. Here's one thing to think about: is that with the the younger kids, if you're a restaurant and you've got a demographic that's under 21, you better be on Snapchat. You better be on Instagram. All these are huge. Anyone above mid twenties really isn't going to use. I've heard Snapchat is kind of like fading fast, almost non-relevant anymore. You know what? I've heard that too, but I work with a whole with that exact same demographic at the dance clubs. Yeah. It's like you know twenty-one to twenty-eight, and yeah. all those guys are always talking about Snapchat. I, th- I think when it comes to Snapchat, the answer is it depends. Who's your target market? What's your demographic? Uh, because definitely stronger with the younger people, but if that's not who you're targeting, or if you know. I don't know. It's it's a lot of work uh, for not a lot of return unless you have like a super targeted like I'm going after young people, then you might have better luck there. Yeah. And we, we do a lot of uh, uh, at my job with the dance clubs. We do a lot of Snapchat, Snapchat filters on the phone. And that's why because we're going after the 21 to 24 demo. And those guys are by all means on it. Other than that, if you're a high end steakhouse, it's worthless. Yeah. Um, so what I was about to say, uh, why I like you is because a lot of people will try to say that they have the next big secret. Uh, and I don't think there are secrets in this industry really at the end of the day, like you mentioned, two thirds of all of your new customers come from word of mouth. And I mean, what can we do in our restaurants to improve word of mouth? Right. Well, the, the, uh, yeah, that, that is all about the experience yeah. and it's been said a hundred times. We're not selling chicken sandwiches. We're selling experiences. Yeah. So I guess and, the important question you need to ask yourself if you're listening to this is, is dividing my attention to focus on all these other things like online reviews, search engine, social media, uh, the, the, the specialist marketing firms, getting them on board. Like, is that going to distract me from doing the things I know will definitely get me a return on investment, like spending time with my servers and teaching them about the menu and developing training, mentoring floor time with, with my guest and really focusing on being something great, focusing on on being present, being there, putting out incredible service and just trying to be the best you can be in that moment. If it's just, if it's pulling, if you don't have that on lockdown, if you're not crushing it every night and people aren't singing your praise, then I would say don't worry about this other stuff because you can do all those other things amazingly. But if you aren't present and not like blowing people away in the moment, it won't matter. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is we've all seen Bar Rescue yep. and all the times the bad attitudes from the staff comes from management. It yep. comes to the management comes from the owners and that does Mindset. go all from the top. So if the owner has a bad attitude, that place is doomed. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I tend to be a little woo woo on, on the woo woo scale from people who are sharing knowledge. Like I'm like 9.5. I can't get much more in woo woo. And I focus on a lot of like, you know, behind every great restaurant, it's a great person. And it's so true. And it sounds so like, like petty childish shit, but it's so true. If you want to be successful, focus on being a great person, focus on creating habits, disciplines, training, care for your people. They'll care for you. And uh, Two thirds of all new people word of mouth, and the best way to create that word of mouth is just by creating 
incredible experiences being impactful in the moment. So that's yep. why I like you. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not trying to promote yourself. You know, you're, you're, you're telling the truth, like, uh, which I think is really solid and you, you recognize yeah. those things. So cool. Um, again, like we mentioned, uh, this, everything we covered today, we're going to go into more detail and I kind of, I kind of reeled it in towards the end there. I stopped asking so many questions. So I was like, yeah, we're going to be going over this again, Eric, leave some, you know, leave some room for the uh, imagination. Uh, so <laughs> on Monday, a week from today, Monday, the ninth at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. We'll be diving deep into this. Anything you want to add before we wrap things up? Anything we didn't get to discuss to this point yet, Eric? Well, I guess uh, the one thing is is my and we'll get to we'll get to this go into detail on the on the uh, the webinar as well. But my background, basically, what changed my life and what changed my approach to this whole thing is hiring a mentor. And not a lot of people do that. And everybody, especially in this business, there's some huge egos out there. Everyone thinks, you know what? I've done this all my life. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, me too. I've done this since I was 13 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. Every day I'm, I'm learning and I'm growing. And the minute I hired a mentor and my mindset shifted, I went from blaming people or looking at the, the negative side of things and just having an attitude of, God, everybody's out to get me. How come this doesn't work? How come I'm not successful? How come I don't have the Ferrari? What the hell is wrong with me? And the minute I went through the uh, uh, mentor training, I went through a, something called Lions Not Sheep. And it was a, a, a leadership training camp taught by a guy named Sean Whalen, who's now running for Congress in Utah. Okay. And um, that, that's like I said, we'll get into it. But that whole thing, spending a little bit of money and, and, t- and, and investing in yourself will absolutely change your entire life. Yeah. And you know, just the two most recent recordings uh, that will be live soon, uh, I had Donnie Madia on the show from one-off hospitality in Chicago. Uh, he's won five James Beard awards. His restaurants have won. He's won one personally, but his restaurants have won five James Beard awards. And he said from very early on, he realized that he can't do it all, that he's not the guy with all the answers and that if he's going to be successful, he, he knew from a really early age that he's going to surround himself with the best. And it was with his partners, but it's also the most successful restaurateurs will go to the best consultants. Yeah. Maybe you can't afford the best consultants right now, but get somebody who's better than you are, you know, and start yep. somewhere and uh, do the, the reading, you know, listen to the podcast. There's resources out there today at our fingertips and to kind of uh, bounce off of what Jen Pelka or Pelka. Yeah. Maybe I should double check that. Um, she was on the show and she said, uh, you know, you got to spend money to make money. So just to kind of back up what you're saying, these aren't people, these are people that have nothing to win by sharing this advice. Uh, these are restaurant tours who are crushing it in the industry. So Eric is telling the truth. Like you got to spend money. You got to surround yourself with other people who are strong where you're weak, or you'll just be ordinary and you can't yep. be great if you're ordinary. So and that, that's why I did it because I was average. I was sick of being average and I didn't know how to not be average. Dude, I'm so, so average, man. I'm like below average. Isn't that embarrassing? So, <laughs> oh, <come> uh, <laughs> so this was great. Uh, again, uh, we'll be joining uh, back up a week from today, Monday the 9th at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern to go over these topics in detail. And before I, I let you go, um, what are you expecting to, to kind of how how do you want to dive deeper? Like, give us a teaser of what the things we're going to cover that we didn't cover today. So I think we're going to go spot, more sorry. into um, <laughs> more into mindset okay. and more into attitude and more into because I I think the people that are going to be watching this are more management, they're more owners. They're not. It's not going to be a server, you know, watching this. Yep. And I want to, uh, like you talked about, I want to make sure that owners 
and the people making the judgment calls have the right attitude. They have the right mindset and they're setting their staff up for success. And they're not creating an environment that their staff is loathing coming to work. Yep. And like, Jesus Christ, this place again. Yep. And guys, these these webinars that I'm going to be trying to do more often are going to be interactive, meaning you can join us. You can ask your questions depending on how many people show up. I might even turn on your microphone. You can join the conversation and it's free. So just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 383. I'll have the link to sign up for the webinar a week from today. Um, well, today we're, we're recording this on Monday, so that might be confusing. So this will be live on Friday. So next Monday, the Monday after this weekend is when this is going to be going live. So I'll have the links in the show notes. I do hope you come hang out with us. And this is my way of trying to take this, this resource to the next level. I want to try to make some impact. I want to, I want you, I want you to have access to my, my guests. And that's what we're trying to do with these webinars. So uh, please join us. And uh, I can't wait. And uh, I guess uh, before we let you go for real, uh, call somebody out, Eric, who's one person you admire in this industry and think would make a great guest mentor on the show. So one of my good friends now that I've learned through connections I made once I got my own uh, mentoring um, was a was a guy here in, in the Phoenix Valley. His name is Colby Colobus, but he goes by Colby K K A Y on Facebook. Um, he's a he's an entrepreneurial coach. So he coaches entrepreneurs how to get off the ground and get rolling. And the guy's got an amazing social media reach, and he's my go to guy for anything business related that I'm stuck at. Colby K. Look out, brother. I'm coming after you. Uh, I'd love to get you on the show. And maybe we can have you teach a webinar too. Uh, and man, this has been so great. Eric, thank you so much uh, for hanging out and uh, sharing these these little nuggets of knowledge with us. And we'll be hooking up again real soon. Uh, I guess before I let you go, how can we connect? If we can't make the webinar next week, how can we connect uh, to learn more about what you have to, to offer? Yeah. So barmarketingbasics.com. Um, I'm on Facebook as forward slash Eric Schellenberger, just my name, Eric with a K. And I'm sure you'll put links of how to find that because no one's going to know how to spell that. (laughs) And, um, or facebook.com forward slash bar marketing basics is my page. Beautiful. Again, this is episode three. 83 head over to restaurants unstoppable.com slash 383 for a link to the webinar a link over to what eric's got going on at uh help me out again sorry i have a really short memory i wasn't being sarcastic when i said i was below average Where, <laughs> on uh, bar marketing basics.com yes, sorry bar marketing basics.com i'll <laughs> link over to that and how to connect with eric all over there in the show notes eric thank you so much for taking the time to join us and to share your knowledge with us uh There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Cheers. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Eric Schellenberger. And you know what I like about Eric and his approach to teaching people is he doesn't fluff what benefits him. He fluffs the truth. And the truth is really who you are in how you train your people and the people you surround yourself is going to determine your success because it's that in house experience. It's, it's, it's surrounding yourself with people who give a crap and it's you giving a crap and really caring for those people in your restaurant in that moment and going the extra mile and really just living to serve and just being outstanding. And that's what's going to get people talking about you. That's what's going to bring you in new business. So, I mean, a lot of what we do on the show is listening to 
the stories and advice and we just kind of get a feel for who these people are who are who are successful in our business and if you can emulate their values and do what they do and and gather their advice and live similar lives to what they're living with how they you know treat others and how they view their restaurant like you will become the average of those people that's what that's what the show does now if you are crushing it if you if you are training your staff and you are investing in your people in your, you know, transforming your people. You have these transformative restaurants and your people are talking about you, but you're in a competitive market. I feel like that's when we start looking at other ways. You know, if you really want to be unstoppable, it's that compounding effect of doing all the little things right. And that comes into the reviews and uh, Google search engine, search engine optimization and having a really solid social media presence. But all that stuff is also time sucking. So, just have your priorities straight. Take care of what's happening on your dining room floor. The most impactful social platform out there is your dining room floor. That's where the magic happens. So that should be your focus. He says two thirds, 66% of all of your uh, word of mouth or all of your uh, new guests come from word of mouth. So blow people away, create incredible experiences. And then, once you've mastered that, then start focusing on these other platforms. Um, so, you know, reviews, online reviews, uh, SEO, and the other stuff. Uh, so thanks for keeping it real, Eric. Thanks for not coming on the platform, just trying to promote your specialized knowledge. Like You, you told us what we needed to know, and I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, great stuff. Like always, guys, please do connect with me, Eric at restaurantsunstoppable.com. We're doing these these webinars. I want to start doing one webinar a week. That's my goal. Man, I don't know why I do this three episodes of one webinar a week. Freaking crazy. But you know, I love what I do and uh, I want to serve you guys. And I really believe that this is the next step in the evolution of Restaurant Unstoppable is making it more interactive. So please join us on Monday the 9th at 8 p.m. Pacific in 11 a.m. Eastern. I don't know if there's an appropriate way to say that. Maybe 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, but uh, we'll be going through this list one more time, but we'll be diving a little bit deeper, and Eric's really going to uh, you know, answer any questions you have, and you can lean on him and ask him for his advice and his recommendations, and he'll be there to answer your questions. I'll be there, too. Uh, we'll probably hang out for about an hour so head over to the show notes again, restaurantunstoppable.com slash 383. I'll have a link to sign up for that webinar. You guys need to sign up though. So make sure you sign up if you want to join us. Uh, I'll email you too. You'll have that link there. And uh, keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. Uh, I don't even know where you guys are listening. Shoot me an email, Eric at Restaurant Unstoppable. Let me know what platform you guys listen on so I can make sure I'm <laughs> telling you to write the reviews on the right platforms but uh what else i think that's it um thank you guys so much for sticking around this long i can't do this without you i i I wouldn't be able to do it without you i mean you're the reasons why i do this so thank you for just existing so i have somebody to serve and i guess i love you all so much until next time peace out